Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, uh, Jennifer C. S. E. Y. Say? Sigh. C. Say Sigh. Jennifer Sigh, we'll call her. You probably don't know her name. She was an elite youth gymnast and tells a very charming story about uh, going to a, a gymnastics exchange meet thing when she was young in the Soviet Union and bringing uh, five pair of Levi's with her to mm. trade for the Russian Lycra, uh, like uniform stuff for gymnasts, because that was the best in the world at that time. It's kind of a charming tale. Uh, Echo was her youth. But she's always been this enormous fan of Levi's jeans. And over the decades, she came to work for Levi's, rose up through the ranks, eventually became the global brand president in the year 2020. Okay, so First woman to hold the post. So she's the one I should complain to about their lack of quality control? Uh, perhaps. Well, that if I get three pairs of 33, 32s, they all fit completely different? I wouldn't complain to her anymore. She ain't got the gig. But maybe so, yeah. Um, but so she ascended to this great height. Well, she has resigned. And she lays the story out, and I think it's really worth going through the particulars. In 2008, she says, or she says her advocacy, which she's long been an outspoken advocate for various issues, and it's fueled her rise in Levi's, and it's always focused on kids. In 2008, when I was VP of Marketing, I published a memoir about my time as an elite gymnast that focused on the dark side of the sport, specifically the degradation of children. Mm. Um, and she mentions that the gymnastics community threatened me with legal action and violence. Oh. Former competitors, teammates, and coaches dismissed my story as that of a bitter loser just trying to make a buck. Right. There you go. But Levi stood by me. More than that, they embraced me as a hero. Things changed when COVID hit. Early on in the pandemic, I publicly questioned whether schools had to be shut down. This didn't seem at all controversial to me. I felt and still do that the draconian policies would cause the most harm to those least at risk, and the burden would fall heaviest on disadvantaged kids in public schools who need the safety and routine of school the most. You're on the right side of history with that uh, point of view. Here's where it takes a dark, dark turn. I wrote op-eds, appeared on local news shows, attended meetings with the mayor's office, organized rallies, and pleaded on social media to get the schools open. I was condemned for speaking out. This time, I was called a racist, a strange accusation given that I have two black sons. I was called a eugenicist and a QAnon conspiracy theorist. In the summer of 2020, I finally got the call. You know, when you speak, you speak on behalf of the company, our head of corporate communications told me, urging me to pipe down. 
I responded, my title is not in my Twitter bio. I'm speaking as a public school mom for four kids. But the calls kept coming from legal, from HR, from a board member, and finally from my boss, the CEO of the company. I explained why I felt so strongly about the issue, citing data on the safety of schools and the harms caused by virtual learning. While they didn't try to muzzle me outright, I was told repeatedly to think about what I was saying. Meantime, colleagues posted nonstop about the need to oust Trump in the November election. I also shared my support for Elizabeth Warren, by the way, in the Democratic primary, and my great sadness about the racially instigated murders of Ahmaud Aubrey and George Floyd. Nobody at the company objected to any of that. Then in October 2020, when it was clear public schools were not going to open that fall, I proposed to company leadership that we weigh in on the topic of school closures in our city in San Francisco. We often take stands on political issues that impact our employees. We've spoken on gay rights, voting rights, gun safety, and more. This time, the response was different. We don't weigh in on hyper-local issues like this, I was told. There's also a lot of potential negatives if we speak up strongly, starting with the numerous execs who have kids in private schools in the city. Wait a minute, what? Yeah, I'm confused by that part. Yeah. Maybe they didn't want attention on the fact that the executive's kids in private schools were going to school and Uh. frequently not wearing masks, maybe? Anyway, I refused to stop talking. I kept calling out hypocritical and unproven policies. I met with the mayor's office, eventually uprooted my entire life in California. I'd lived there for over 30 years and moved my family to Denver so that my kindergartner could finally experience real school. National media picked up on our story. I was asked to go on Laura Ingram's show on Fox News. That appearance was the last straw. The comments from Levi's employees picked up about me being anti-science. You want to stop there? I mean, we could spend the next 20 minutes there. (sighs) Anti-science pointing out that kids are not at risk and schools should be open. That's maddening. Okay, I'll go on. About me being anti-fat. I'd retweeted a study showing a correlation between obesity and poor health outcomes. I'm into my own fat. Yeah, no kidding. And me being anti-trans. I tweeted that we shouldn't ditch Mother's Day for birthing people's day because it left out adoptive and stepmoms. I would guess that 98% of the country agrees with that position. Right. And and perhaps the most bizarre, although calling her... uh, uh, anti-science is pretty bizarre. Um, they also called me racist because San Francisco's public school system was filled by black and brown kids, and apparently I didn't care if they died. They also castigated me for my husband's COVID views as if I, his wife, were responsible for the things he said on social media. All this drama took place at our regular town halls, a company-wide meeting I had looked forward to but now dreaded. Meanwhile, the head of, brace yourselves, diversity, equity, and inclusion at the company, asked that I do an apology tour. I was told that the main complaint against me was that I was, quote, not a friend of the black community at Levi's. I was told to say that I am, quote, I am an imperfect ally. I refused. The fact that I had been asked in 2017 to be the executive sponsor of the Black Employees Resource Group did not matter. The fact that I've fought for kids for years didn't matter. That I was just citing facts didn't matter. The head of AR... I'm sorry, HR personally told me that even though I was right about the schools, that it was classist and racist that public schools stayed shut while private schools were open, and that I was probably right about everything else, I still shouldn't say so. I kept thinking, why shouldn't I? In the fall of 2021, during a dinner with the CEO, I was told that I was on track to become the next CEO of Levi's. 
The stock price had doubled under my leadership, etc. Well, that's the a only thing- big deal. Oh, I know it. I know it. The only thing standing in my way, he said, was me. All I had to do was stop talking about the school thing. But the attacks would not stop. On anonymous trolls on Twitter, some with nearly half a million followers, said people should boycott Levi's until I'd been fired. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Every day, a dossier of my tweets and my online interactions were sent to the CEO, etc. At uh, one meeting of the executive leadership team, the CEO made an offhand remark that I was acting like Donald Trump. I felt embarrassed and turned my camera off to collect myself. In the last month, the CEO told me it was untenable for me to stay. I was offered a $1 million severance package. All I had to do was sign a non-disclosure agreement about why I'd been pushed Mm. out. The money would have been very nice, but I can't do it. Sorry, Levi's. She turned down the million dollars to be able to speak her mind. That is pretty damned impressive. Yeah. One more she thing. is on the right side of history. Over time, I hope I live long enough to see it, we're going to look back on the shutdowns of the schools and the masking of the kids and a variety of other things as crazy stuff. And and everybody will be in agreement that, yeah, I know, wasn't that crazy? What was going on back then? It must have been, right. people must have been something. Final chilling note, and I recall... Was it uh, Martin Luther King Jr.'s words that um, that uh, I less remember the voices that helped me uh, when I was down than the silence of my friends? Ooh, that idea. Good one. In my more than two decades at the company, I took my role as manager most seriously. I helped mentor and guide promising young employees who went on to become executives. In the end, no one stood with me. Not one person publicly said they agreed with me or even that they didn't agree with me, but supported my right to say what I believed anyway. How sick has a culture become when somebody who is backed by the vast bulk of science... By the way, folks, if you're not familiar with this, there are... A couple of countries on Earth that have kids in masks at schools right now. I mean, almost none. Almost zero. All your vaunted, enlightened European, northern European countries that uh, are showing us the way to socialism, blah, blah, blah. None of them got their kids in masks. None of them. But this woman woman who said, uh, I think they're right and the science is, is with me on this, couldn't get one bit of support. How sick is that culture? It's unbelievable. We're in such a weird place. I think we're in a so much weirder place than people are fully appreciating. Like I was talking about last hour, we're completely at sea on who we want to be president. Completely at sea. Biden is a mistake of history. He was elected mm-hmm. because enough people didn't want Trump. And uh, a majority of Democrats don't want him to be president. I would, I would argue that Biden was elected primarily because he's a big nothing. Yeah, so we're completely at sea as to who's going to be our president at a time when we think that all of these problems we've been discussing of political correctness and wokeism and nobody believes anything anymore and we're siloed information, we all think all this stuff is going to get fixed by whoever's president of the United States. And we're completely unmoored from any idea of who that will be. Maybe it's because we've assigned such a giant task to them. It doesn't mm-hmm. make any sense that any human being could do it. But what what the next several years are going to be like, I have no idea. Troubled. 
If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 